Welcome, you're listening to Get Out of Your Own Way Podcast. This is episode 31. I'm your host, Tim Davidson. Quite the entertaining feedback from episode 30 concerning men being so visual. I really enjoyed the comments and the retorts that came from that particular episode. And uh, much like I do every single episode, I appreciate everybody chiming in, the ones that did. And I'm going to start off at the top where Michael Shanzi, I believe I'm pronouncing his name correct. Forgive me if, if I did not. Michael Shanzi says, I am a 42 year old man. And I know it must be hard to be a woman, especially an attractive one. But it's just as difficult being a guy as well, just for different reasons. LOL, end quote. And I can kind of understood immediately when I read that. I understood exactly why he LOL that at the end, because he's that is so accurate. And this is a this is a conversation that I've had with a good friend of mine, really for years, for years and years, I've had this conversation with him and just talking about, can you imagine what it must be like being in a woman's shoes, a particular attractive woman on any given day, just for one day. And this said woman is out in public, whether it be at the gym, whether it be at the grocery store, at church, at work, And she is presenting herself in a way that makes her that makes heads turn. Let's just put it that way. That could be provocative, scantily cloud, scantily clad or professional. All the above in the same day. And I'm just like, I'm like, can you just imagine the kind of attention that she will draw? Just in one day, not a week, not a month, but one day. And so as a male, I tried my best. I have tried my best to place myself in said woman's shoes to get a better feel of what an average woman goes through on a day to day basis. More specifically, an attractive woman goes through on a day to day basis, Um, because when you are living in this so-called man's world as a woman, a good looking woman. You already know you're going to get attention, even if you don't, even if you even if you present yourself in a classy manner. You're going to get a lot of attention if you're out in public around guys. That's just that's just natural. That's just how it's supposed to happen. So. Reading this particular. Comment. My mind immediately went to that place again. It went to the place of a woman and what she has to deal with from the opposite sex as far as all these passes and advances, um, as well as, of course, a woman having to deal with a menstrual cycle on a on a monthly basis, not not to not to uh, not to lower that by any stretch of the imagination. Because quite frankly, that must suck and having to deal with cramps and what have you, you know, so I really feel for women as far as that's concerned. 
Um, but that's just a part of femaleness at the end of the day. But nevertheless, I know that it's still difficult to be a woman. And at this, on, the, on the flip side of that token, it's difficult to be a guy, too. I can assure you, ladies, it is difficult to be a male. Do we have it easier than females? In certain regards, yes, we do. But not in all. Not not all the above, though. And the reason I say that is as I as I kind of tried to explain it the best way that I could on the prior episode, it's just what we have to deal with out in public and having to constantly be around certain women who who will you will have certain women, certain girls who can advance on you as a guy. And more particularly, women who might have an edge as far as wearing something that might catch your attention that normally you would be you you would kind of just let go by the wayside, so to speak. Which brings me to my next comment. Jennifer Shannon says, quote, as a woman, I totally understand how. And why it's hard for a taken man to stay focused on who he is with when when you see all these young girls and women out here advertising themselves, end quote. And I want to read that one more time because it is a bit of a run on sentence. As a woman, I totally understand how and why it's hard for a taken man. Now, that's something that I noticed that she had said is a taken man opposed to a single man to stay focused on who he is with. When you see all these young girls and women out here advertising themselves in quote. And anybody who saw the thumbnail to last week's episode regarding men being visual, it is actually the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, taking a look at a woman who is passing him by. And he is most certainly checking this woman out as as discreet as he may try to be about it or lack thereof. But I thought it was actually kind of funny and clever at the same time to use that particular photo to show you that even the president of the United States cannot help himself but to get a second look at a woman as she walks past him. And this woman in particular is dressed in a, in a professional manner. She's not scantily clad or in a skimpy outfit or nothing like that. She appears to be very attractive and he catches the president's eye. And unfortunately, as we all know by now that it's not the first time that there's been a woman to catch the eye of a past president, but that's another discussion for a different day. I believe everybody knows where I'm going with that though. If you, if you've been living just a little, just a little while, you, you know already yourself, but this woman in particular, um, when she talks about the way women advertise themselves, and this is something that I've, I myself have discussed in previous episodes on my podcast where I talk about how women present themselves in a way out in public 
where they deliberately know exactly what they're doing before they actually go out. There's a reason when a woman goes to a club or a bar or a restaurant that she's not in sweatpants and a hoodie. She's wearing something that's conforming to her figure, whether that be a, a dress, yoga pants, leggings, whatever you want to call them, uh, a cute little shirt, or tube top, whatever, whatever. There's so many different things that women can wear that complements their body, that makes things appear bigger or more curvaceous than it normally would if she was wearing something that wasn't as compressing to her figure. So I believe everybody knows exactly what I mean by that. I mean, I don't have to go in great detail as far as that is concerned. Um, but, and it's not only that, but if it's summertime and girls are wearing short shorts, skirts, and all this other stuff, uh, yeah, you, you, you can make it tough on males. That can make it very tough. Doesn't matter if a guy is single, doesn't matter if he's seeing somebody, it can make it tough because that is just a part of maleness where we are just so super visual. And But there is a part to where you can go overboard, as I like to say to my fellow males, act like we have had that before. And what I mean by that is act like you have had a beautiful female in your life at one time or another, opposed to opposed to acting like a dog with that pink thing sticking out, like you've never seen such a beautiful being in your life. And there's a lot of men who do do that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you know, and I believe ultimately doesn't really matter how old a male is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're in high school. Doesn't matter if you're in college. Doesn't matter if you're in your thirties, your forties, your fifties. I don't think it ever stops as far as feeling that pressure when you are surrounded by a bunch of attractive females out in public, as like you will always feel that pressure as a male that just comes along with the territory as far as I'm concerned. And I'm, and I'm sure there are many, many, many other males who not only agree with me, but there are also some females who know exactly what that means. And that's, that's why I chose to read this one in particular from Jennifer, because clearly she gets it, you know, and she doesn't blame men as a whole as to why when women together can also see when they're out in public, looking at their fellow counterparts, like, Whoa, she's really wearing that. Okay. Yeah. That might catch my boyfriend's attention or yeah, I can see how my husband might actually, that might grab his eye. You know, so mature mature women get it. They understand. Not all, not all women, but some women. Some women who've been around the gang for a while, they understand. And they sympathize, apparently. But enough about that, and on to today's topic, which I have coined a workable relationship. A workable relationship. So, initially what I was going to have be the title is 
how to make a relationship stick. <laughs> but I realized just kind of how funny that really sounded. Um, when I say stick, really means translation, making a relationship last a long while. Now, why do I say a long while? Because as I have mentioned previously, this is all temporary. Relationships are temporary. Jobs are temporary. Place of residence is temporary. What you drive is temporary. Life as a whole is temporary. It's all meant to end. Each and every category. But on the, on the topic of relationships. So for me personally, I'm going to this I'm going to start this off as far as breaking this down. When I'm thinking of a potential partner, there are so many boxes that need to be checked when I'm thinking about who I have a chance to be with for a long while. And as you continue to get older, it's me myself, but other people I, I know would agree. As you get older, you become more picky naturally. You start to realize that there are some things that are important to you that may not have been important in the past. Five years earlier, 10 years earlier, 15 years earlier, whatever the case. But you start to realize that, you know what? I need this right here. I'm going to need this right here. I'm going to need this right here. And when, when I say need, I'm talking about a person who, let's say, doesn't smoke, a person who doesn't drink, a person who is spiritual, a person who loves God, a person who is family oriented, a person who has a has their own car, for starters, a person who has a career, a person who has uh, no children or a person who does have children. Um, it could just vary from person to person as far as what you are looking for what you know will make you compatible to get things started and ultimately what a person has as far as in their who they are as a person does that make you compatible and and, and you usually find that out immediately if you just set if you go out and meet somebody and on a date or a meet and greet what have you and you speak with that person for an hour or two and you get to know that person, you will already start to get a feel as if you two are compatible with each other. That doesn't mean that you'll know by that by that first time seeing and meeting them that, oh, hey, OK, I think we're good here. Let's go. Let, so I'm not condoning rushing any kind of relationship or to elope with somebody <laughs> right after you first meet them. No, because it takes it takes a long time, to be honest with you. To know somebody like the back of your hand, as the old saying goes, it really does. It takes quite a while. You can be seeing somebody really for months and still discover stuff about them you didn't know a year later, two years later, three, four years later. It happens. People get married and find out something about their spouse that they didn't know. So when I talk about a workable relationship Really, it's just the fundamentals of like things that are things that are deal breakers and things that are not deal breakers for starters. That's why I mentioned, hey, does this person smoke? Does this person drink? OK, if they drink, how often do they drink? Are they a social drinker or are they a loner drinker? Because there are definitely two big. Those are two big thing, different things that somebody may look for. You know, 
I take for myself, for example, I don't drink. I've never really drank by myself. Um, it's always socially and very rarely at that. So that might be a big deal to somebody. It, it would be to me if somebody needs to constantly uh, have a drink at the end of the night. And then you have other people who drink to get drunk as well. Every single time they just can't have one particular glass of wine or one beer or one margarita. They need to keep topping off until they are completely plastered. There's people that are like that. Every single time they put out alcohol or liquor to their lips, they are looking to get go under the table. But again, I'm just using that as an example. There can be there's a multitude of different things which varies from person to person that gets the ball rolling for you as far as knowing if you have a chance to have a relationship worth a long while. And there are many different things. And then not only that, so once you do get the ball rolling and you meet somebody and you have so much in common with that person, you then need to realize, okay, now it's the time to look at the differences. And are those differences deal breakers? Like somebody, let's say somebody is, let's say either the, the, the male or the female is a vegetarian and the other person is not a vegetarian. That can be a big deal. That can be a deal breaker <clears throat> to, to one of the parties who is a vegetarian. And if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to convert, so to speak, to that other side of being a vegetarian, then I could see how that would be a deal breaker for some people. I could see how um, if one person wants kids and the other person doesn't, that should be more often than not a deal breaker. Even if everything else looks great on paper, mind you, if everything else looks great and is matching up, you suddenly can run into something where you be like, whoa, pump the brakes. I don't think this is going to work suddenly. And that feeling sucks when you have so many other things that are lining up until you get hit with that blockbuster. And that's a big deal. It should be a big deal. If you have somebody who has a heart for wanting to have children and the other person, not so much, that should alter things drastically. And there's a really good chance that somehow if you realize that that's not a big deal, that you will, if you let that slide, whether that person is a vegetarian or not a vegetarian, they want kids, don't want kids, as I use those examples, if you let that slide and time starts to pass by, you easily can find yourself slowly starting to resent that person. And this is something that I've learned myself in my own experiences. And I know somebody else can concur with what I'm saying, with what I've just said with that illustration. It most certainly can and will happen if you let somebody make it, as I like to say, when it's a huge red flag that is waving in your face and you just kind of turn a blind eye to it. So those are just a few things as far as what you know is a workable relationship, what you, what you feel like 
is not a workable relationship. And again, I mean, there's just so many different things and everybody is, is so different from each other. That's why we're individuals. And if you want, like, if you're a person who is single or if you're in a relationship just for the fun of it, like if you actually want to open up your notepad and whether it be like with a pen and paper or on your phone with with the note app, if you actually want to put it in and be like, OK, what are must? What are not? What can I live with? What can I not live with? What are deal breakers? What aren't? And I would actually love to hear what some people have to say as far as what are some of their deal breakers? What aren't your deal breakers? Because it's so interesting because people are different from the other and you would be surprised. I mean, it may be it may be a deal breaker for some people who. Who don't who don't smoke cigarettes, but they vape. Other people might have problems with vaping, but not uh, but smoking um, cigarettes instead. Or maybe hookah is their is their choice of smoke. Or maybe they smoke weed, you know, like it, and that's not a deal breaker for you. But cigarettes are you, you would it, you would be surprised or should I say I wouldn't personally be surprised to hear some people's responses. So I encourage it uh, to please do so to, um, to, con to to comment and bring your own feedback concerning this particular matter. I look forward to hearing it. But but to bottom line, this whole thing is ultimately it's very difficult it is extremely difficult to be clicking on all cylinders with a potential long-time partner to make something last a long time it's so difficult especially as you get older i've said it before that dating was so much fun was so much more fun in high school and in college because you didn't have, you weren't as picky then as you are as you continue to get older into your 20s, into your 30s, into your 40s. Um, I'm not there yet in my 40s, but I know myself now in my 30s. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, 15 years ago, I didn't care about this particular thing over here. Now that now means the world to me that now is so important to me, you know. So um, so, yeah, please write and comment um, to me and I will look forward to looking at all your responses and things that you guys have to say. Uh, I'm now on TikTok, by the way. So you not only can you catch me on Twitter and Instagram, but yeah, you will now see me on TikTok where I'm now posting videos and snippets of my podcast. And uh, you can follow me on there, which is babyface underscore 1182. That's the exact same handle that I use for my Instagram account. And uh, if you take a look at the description on this particular episode, of course, you'll see all my handles down below. Uh, again, I can't thank everybody enough. I really appreciate the love and support that I've gotten, um, which I'm about six months in or so with my, probably longer than that. It feels like, I believe it was October as a matter of fact. So yeah, coming up on, um, not that far from a year is, I mean, it's a here we are already in July. So, um, I just want to thank everybody and I'll continue to thank everybody. Um, very grateful, um, for the increased 
people who are tuning in. Uh, thank you so much. And I will continue to evolve the show as I go on and look for other ways to interact with people. Uh, so I appreciate it. And this concludes episode 31. Next week, episode 32 will be the side chick. <laughs> the side chick is what next, next week's is going to be. And so you can have your wheels turning as far as what that episode is going to be like. So uh, stay tuned for that. Everybody take care. God bless. Have a great week. And I'll see you next one.